Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, it's another Mental Health Monday. Grief can come from any type of loss, and it all hurts the same, especially in not knowing when or how to pick up, heal, and move forward. Also this morning, a new study from the Truth Initiative finds a direct connection between vaping and mental health issues among teens. So why are they still doing it? And May is National Pet Month, so why not take your furry family members on their very own shopping spree during Amazon's first ever Pet Day event today. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Monday, May 2nd, 2022. If you're looking for a reason to celebrate, baby day today so how about that i mean who doesn't love cute adorable babies baby day brothers and sisters day today it is national fire day national life insurance day and national truffle day today so observances and reasons to celebrate today so uh this is uh, really interesting and uh, maybe the first thing you need to know this morning Waking up after a long weekend and getting back into the grind of things. Contrary to the popular adage, when you snooze, you actually win. You know that uh, saying, when you snooze, you lose? No, when you snooze, you win. At least according to a new poll. According to a survey of 2,000 Americans, hitting the snooze button for a little more shut-eye makes, uh, makes you a better partner and can boost your social life. 24% of those responding to this survey say hitting their snooze button helps their relationships with their friends, family, and coworkers. How they make that connection, I don't know, but that's just what they say. 60% say it improves their relationship with their spouse or significant other. 71% say it helps with their social health. Sleep is such a temptation that an average American sets four different alarms to wake up on a normal day. <laughs> Four different alarms. Um, only around one in 10 say that they don't need an alarm. And sleep experts say if we were actually doing this right, if we were getting the right amount of sleep every day, which the vast majority of us are not, if we were, we would not need an alarm. We would wake up at the appropriate time just naturally. So the fact that you need an alarm is, according to the sleep experts, a sign that we're not getting enough sleep, but only one in 10 say that they don't need an alarm. Um, I would imagine those individuals would be retirees who don't have to be up at a particular time anyway. <laughs> uh, not surprisingly, 32% of those who don't need to uh, set an alarm don't seem to be rushing in the morning. Uh, that would be the other thing. Either you're retired, you don't have to get up uh, at any particular time, or maybe you work... Um, at such a shift where you don't get up and go straight to work. You get up and maybe you work second shift. You can get up whenever you want and then go to work later. But anyway, um, just a 7% of those who say they set 9 to 10 alarms a day say that they have time to eat breakfast in the morning before they head off to, uh, to work or whatever to get their day started. It's kind of interesting. For the record, the poll also says Wednesday is the most common day of the week that they hit the snooze button. 
Uh, 40% say they need it to get over hump day. Just 28% say they try to get some extra sleep on Mondays. Uh, just say, you know, I've always felt, and this is just me, maybe I'm the only one, but Monday never seems to be a problem for me after uh, adjusting after the weekend. It's Tuesday when it hits me. For whatever reason, the lack of uh, sleep on the weekends, you know, if I'm running around doing a bunch of stuff and don't get enough sleep on the on the weekends, it's not Monday where it catches up to me. It's Tuesday. I don't know why, but that's just me. Just 16% say they don't bother to hit the snooze button. 16% do not hit the snooze button. Um, and uh, <laughs> I, I thought this was kind of interesting. The, one of the reasons why uh, people say that they don't hit the snooze button, they're worried that if they do, they'll sleep through the snooze or they'll accident, accidentally think they're hitting the snooze button and turn the alarm off, and they'll oversleep. So they just don't don't bother. When it goes off, they don't hit the snooze button. They just get up. Uh, sleep is such a factor that 30% of those polled say that they would give up their favorite streaming service for a year in exchange for more time counting sheep. I don't know. I just thought that was kind of interesting, too. So yeah. <laughs> chew on that as you're uh, getting up and getting the day started here today. Elsewhere, some of the other most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. The uh, conflict continues between Russia and Ukraine, and here is the latest. I saw this on the uh, Newswire. Russia has a unique team of guards protecting its ships at a critical port in the Black Sea. Satellite images now show that Moscow has placed specially trained dolphins at its base in uh, Sevastopol, uh, the uh, harbor in Crimea. This is according to a report in The Guardian. The images first revealed by the U.S. Naval Institute show that Russia placed two dolphin pens at the base back in February, right around the time that they launched their invasion of Ukraine. The dolphins' likely mission to look for mines and enemy divers. So this is one more reason to... Not take Russia's side in all of this. They are militarizing dolphins. What kind of what kind of culture uses dolphins for military purposes? I mean, these cute little friendly dolphins, and you're turning them into uh, weapons of war. I tell you, I, apparently uh, Russia has long been known to use dolphins for such purposes. And to be fair, the U.S. Navy does the same. Uh, sea lions are also in the mix. Dolphins, though, are especially prized because they have incredible sonar that helps them find objects on the ocean floor, plus they can dive deeper than humans. Um, now, there is a common myth that dolphins are military dolphins are trained to kill. Not the case. The mission of the dolphins for military purposes is simply to find and mark things and then exit the area as quickly as possible. There are no weaponized dolphins. That just doesn't exist. But, um, and I know, yes, the, the U.S. has been known to use dolphins, but we can, we can chastise Russia for, <laughs> for doing this. One more reason just not to like Russia in this whole thing, I guess. That's for me, anyway. That's... 
couple of other uh, interesting items among the first things that you need to know this morning. Westminster College in Utah. So this story on the Newswire, and this kind of raised an eyebrow. Westminster College in Utah is facing a pushback for a course that it plans to offer this coming uh, spring semester. The elective course is titled Porn. That's the name of the course. At Westminster College in Utah, of all places, porn. It is structured to analyze pornographic films and other material. Instructors will discuss how sexual inequalities are reflected and reinforced through the multi-billion dollar industry and evaluate its overall effect on society. There are a number of groups that have placed a petition on change.org to have the course removed, but so far they have not met their uh, goal of 500 signatures to petition the college to get rid of the course. Porn. College course. What did you major in in college? You don't want to know. And, <laughs> and lastly, among the first things that you need to know, as we had your Monday morning started, how about this? A historic piece of Jackie Robinson's baseball career has fetched over a million dollars at auction. Hunt Auctions says that the baseball bat that Jackie Robinson used in the 1949 Major League Baseball All-Star Game sold for nearly $1.1 million on Sunday. The bat is a Louisville slugger made specifically for Jackie Robinson to use in the game, and it is stamped with his signature on the barrel. Uh, Jackie Robinson's wife, Rachel, says the bat has been in the Robinson family since the day it was first used, and uh, it went at auction for a little over a million dollars. Wow. There you go. Some of the uh, most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Monday morning started. WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchek. Your WTOL 11 weather. Partly sunny skies are expected today along with a high in the low 60s. Becoming mostly cloudy tonight with a low around 50. Finley Fire crews battled a house fire just down the street from the downtown fire station on Sunday night. When fire crews arrived on the scene at 824 South Main, they could see flames coming from the top of the house. Firefighters started putting water on the fire from atop a ladder truck and also from the ground. The fire did extensive damage to the house. Get more on the fire and see video from the scene on the website. The Ohio primary is coming up on Tuesday. Jody O'Brien with the Hancock County Board of Elections says it was a little difficult finding enough poll workers, but not as hard as it was during the pandemic. I think we're very fortunate in Hancock County because we have do have people that want to come and help us out. So right now we're sitting okay with most of the positions filled. Jody says she would like to see younger people getting involved as a poll worker, as most of their poll workers are over 65 years old. The lone countywide issue in Hancock County in the primary is the mental health levy. And remember, you won't see Ohio House or Senate races on this ballot because of issues passing a new legislative map that the state Supreme Court deems constitutional. The Hancock County Engineer's Office says a bridge replacement project will close a county road east of Finley. County Road 7 between Township Roads 253 and 255 will be closed beginning today. The project is anticipated to take about four weeks to finish. Distracted driving continues to be a big problem on Ohio's roadways. 
During the last five years, 226 people lost their lives as a result. The Ohio State Highway Patrol, the Ohio Department of Transportation, and AAA all comparing texting behind the wheel to be just as dangerous as drinking and driving. Registration is wrapping up for the Camp 911 Educational Safety Camp. Camp 911 is an interactive safety camp for Hancock County kids entering kindergarten and helps them learn basic safety. The free camp presents important safety lessons such as stranger danger, drug safety, and pedestrian safety through a combination of demonstrations, videos, and activities. Get more news online anytime at WFIN.com. Matt Demchek with 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM. Our cover story this morning, it is another Mental Health Monday. And uh, talking about uh, recovery from grief, which can come from any type of loss, and it all hurts the same. Uh, Grief recovery specialist Nicole Boone of the Family Resource Center with us uh, this morning in Finley. Before we get to uh, the uh, support group and the uh, series that is coming up starting later this week, I do want to ask you about this because it's uh, the the timing is purely coincidental, but uh, we had planned on having you here uh, in the studio uh, this morning already on the schedule. And then over the weekend, uh, everybody uh, talking about the uh, death of Naomi Judd uh, over the weekend and initial reports were that it was due to suicide, but then her family issued the statement uh, that I thought was very poignant, uh, identifying the cause of death as the disease of mental illness. And a lot of folks are saying, you know, this can go a long way in in raising awareness, uh, the, the seriousness of this, and thinking about it in terms of being a disease. Sure. Um, you know, we look at, it's the disease of the brain. Mm-hmm. Um and we need to kind of, when we look at um, seeking help, you know, looking at maybe like the grief, we look at how, if we don't have the right tools in place, mm-hmm. um, and I look at that for mental health across the board, um, but we say with grief recovery, um, like say you're driving down 75, you get a flat tire. Mm-hmm. Are you just going to pull out your camping chair and <laughs> give it time to reinflate itself? Yeah. We're going to call the right people. We're going to put the right tools into place mm-hmm. to fix that tire. Yeah. So kind of the same with mental health. And especially when we talk about grief is putting those tools yeah. where you need them. I, using the, the, the story of uh, Naomi Judd, and obviously we don't know anything about that. We you know uh, are just hearing the reports like everybody else. The only thing that I wonder about, and, and maybe can speak to this, I, I worry in the sense that does it reinforce the perception that um, that all of these cases uh, ultimately will invariably end tragically in in terms of uh, mental health cases because that's not necessarily the case. No, and we believe a family resource center that recovery is possible, mm-hmm. um, and we look at that. You know, you hear that a lot of times. Um, in the recovery community, but we look at for the mental health and the substance use, you know, recovery. And that's part of our job is to be out there and mm-hmm. help people get back to where they want to be. And Because with those tools, like you say, with those tools, uh, just like anyone with any type of disability can lead a normal, healthy, productive life. Yeah, absolutely. 
And that kind of leads us to this uh, series that uh, begins later this week. You've actually done this a couple of times now. This is like the uh, you did a similar series uh, uh, a few months ago, right? Yeah, correct. So there um, are, I think there's four or five of us that are trained grief recovery specialists. Mm -hmm. And so we've done, this is our main, we call it our purple book. And then we also have helping children with loss. And so that's another group that we've done. And usually um, we do like the purple book and then we'll do the helping children. Yeah. Um, The, again, as we, we kind of frame this grief, can come in a lot of forms. Again, we think of grief with the loss of a loved one, and certainly that is uh, a very real and a very significant uh, form of grief. But there are this takes any number of forms, and like we said, it all hurts the same. Yes, and um, a griever is also grieving at that loss at a hundred percent. What that looks like for them, um, but yeah, the. It could be death, you know, obviously death is mm-hmm. the first one that we usually think of, but it could be a move, um, another significant loss, maybe a divorce or the loss of a pet. Um, there's over 40 different losses that we talk about in our grief recovery. One of the things uh, that, that you mention uh, in talking about this series, so often uh, people will say you need to pick yourself up and, and move on. A lot of truth to that, but again, if you don't have the right tools, I would imagine that could actually compound the problem. Sure. Um, You know, and one thing that we look at, too, is, um, you know, we're often taught to acquire things, but we're not taught what to do when we lose those. Mm. And so, you know, that's kind of that working through what we do when we lose something, you know, and it's so hard to decide, you know, I don't want to be the person to say to somebody, oh, you know, it'll get better. There's different things. Like, I'm much more like, hey, here's the tools. Let's work through it together yeah. instead of go and, you know, grieve alone. Or A lot of well-meaning people will uh, will say things yes. that are not particularly helpful uh, when dealing, especially uh, with other types of loss. Again, grieving a, the death of a loved one, that's an easy one for observers coworkers, friends neighbors but if it's grieving uh like you said a divorce or the loss of a pet these can seem to some much less serious but again depending on where someone is at that may or may not be and again not knowing how to pick up and move on and and move forward and heal uh that can only add to the depression the anxiety and so on Yes, yes, you're very right. You know, we and one of the things that we hear too is like, oh, there's other fish in the sea, but yeah. I want that one. And so working <laughs> right. through letting somebody know, you know, I hear you, I'm here for you, let's talk about it mm-hmm. instead of some of those misconceptions. So this series is open to anyone. And, and again, we've talked about it. The Mental Health Monday series is something we launched a couple of years ago uh, during the course of the pandemic to talk about uh, various forms of loss and grief and so on with uh, the way things were upended during the pandemic. There's still, even now, uh, a lot of that going on. This series is open to everyone. It begins later this week. Give us the uh, details on this. Okay, so it it's a this program is an eight week program. We meet um, every Wednesday from six to eight, 
and that's going to be at our admin office, which is 2019 Broad Avenue here in Finley. So we'll be, be meeting four weeks, four Wednesdays in May, four Wednesdays in June. And so, yes, we encourage anyone, it um, doesn't matter if your loss is recent, if your loss was 20 years ago, to come out and join us. Um, it'll be myself and then Nikki Seidel, one of our other, my coworkers. And uh, these are two-hour sessions, right? They're uh, yes. scheduled for, it begins, what, at, at four? Six, six. six. Yep, at 6, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Okay. And... It, you mentioned that there are separate. Uh, there's a separate program uh, that you've done for kids. Yes. So when we're talking about this particular uh, group or this particular session, um, what ages are you? You're looking primarily at 18 plus. Yes. Okay. Um, and you mentioned it's an eight week. Ideally, people could come for all eight weeks. Do you have to? Um, we like for people to because each week we're. Um, implementing a new tool or kind of building on yes if yeah. they would have to miss they could talk to uh, myself or nikki and we could okay. look at it but yeah trying to make those eight weeks is important to you know put those tools yeah. in place um and do folks have to register or sign up in advance or anything like that yes so we would like them to and you can go um to it's on our family resource center website uh, which is www.frcohio.com and then you would look for Hancock Support Programs. Okay. We actually have that link up at our webpage as well, goodmornings.net, if you want to learn more uh, about it. Again, begins uh, this week, begins on Wednesday, and continues uh, through the month of uh, months of May and June uh, for those who are dealing with any kind of grief. Uh, again, just to emphasize, there's no prerequisite on this type of grief or that type of grief. This no. is just grief in general. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because like we said, it all hurts the same. Again, uh, grief recovery specialist Nicole Boone with us uh, this morning from the Family Resource Center. Thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. Thank you. Well, on this Mental Health Monday, we want to expand the conversation to talk about another health crisis among youth. That is the vaping epidemic. Because as it turns out, these two things are related. A recent Truth Initiative survey finds 93% of young e-cig users say that vaping leaves them feeling more stressed, more anxious, more depressed. Joining us from the Truth Initiative this morning are Amy Taylor, Chief of Community Engagement and Youth Board Liaison Gianna Darville. So Amy, let me start with you and the obvious question, if young people recognize that there are so many negative uh, mental health effects of vaping, why are they doing it? Well, thank you so much for having us here today to talk about this important issue. We are on a collision course with two really important issues that are affecting young people. The first is mental health. I have three teenagers in my house, and I can tell you the mental health crisis is real. The feelings of anxiety and depression and stress are, are so prevalent amongst this generation. And at the same time, more than 2 million high school students are vaping. And what they're telling us is that they're turning to vape because they think vaping will make them feel uh, uh, less stressed, to make them feel better. And what we know is that it actually makes them feel worse. So what is the Truth Initiative then to uh, doing to bring attention to this and to reverse this trend then? We are 
exposing the connection between vaping and mental health. And we're doing it by calling a vape for what it is. It is a depression stick. It is going to make you feel worse. We just launched a new campaign called Breath of Stress Air, and it's all about busting the fantasy that vapes are stress reliever. They're, they're actually a stress amplifier. We also have launched our moment of action, which we have uh, uh, many young superstars like Gianna here in Washington, D.C. to talk to decision makers about their authentic stories and how vaping and mental health intersect and to really create some urgency around this issue so decision makers uh, do something about it. So, Gianna, that's a perfect uh, segue to get you into the conversation here. Tell us more about the moment of action for mental health and how young people nationwide, such as yourself, are, are getting involved. Yeah, I mean, we're getting on the ground here in D.C. We've had some incredible sit-down sessions with members of the White House, with members of the Department of Health and Human Services, getting to talk about how vaping nicotine really can increase those feelings of stress and anxiety, um, and really having discussions about how it's affecting myself and activists from every corner of the U.S. in their respective communities as well. And so following that meeting, we also got to go out on the National Mall and, you know, have a moment of true self-care, which in and of itself is an incredible act of activism and just kind of reclaiming our breath. So we did some breathing exercises, which have been found to help with some of those um, stress and anxious feelings that can result um, from vaping nicotine. And so getting to do that and getting to talk to some people out there and getting to share some stories from non-vapers and people who have struggled to quit vaping and sharing these experiences so that we're better equipped to be able to help one another um, has been an absolutely incredible experience. So obviously that's terrific for you and for those who are directly involved uh, with you in, in that aspect of it. But uh, you quick to point out that there are lots of ways that young people can get involved, even if they are not in D.C. meeting with the movers and shakers uh, with the administration. And there are some resources that are available for those who... Uh, have unfortunately discovered this connection between vaping and mental health issues firsthand to kick the habit. Definitely. I mean, we definitely don't think we're the only ones who care about this issue. And we're really just carrying on momentum from the hundreds of thousands of young people who have been vocal and, and active on this issue in their communities. Um, and, but of course, we want to make sure that we're continuing to equip other young people with information and tools to be able to get involved. And so if you want to get involved, no matter where you are, who you are, um, you can text ACTION to 88709 to get text messages that loop you into everything that we're doing here. Um, and if you're struggling to quit nicotine vaping yourself, you can enroll in This Is Quitting, which is our awesome free anonymous text-based program that walks alongside anyone who's trying to quit vaping um, with helpful information and prompts and encouragement. I mean, you can enroll just by texting Ditch Vape, that's one word, to 88709. Amy, let me ask you uh, to uh, comment on this. How important is it, how critical is it to have young people uh, such as Gianna and, and others who are involved in this uh, help to drive this message home to their peers? Uh, because, again, I think this is another example of a message that is much better received when it comes from somebody that uh, a young person will see as an equal rather than an adult. Thank you for asking that question because I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, it is the stories that Gianna and her her friends and peers have that are really 
changing the conversation uh, about this issue and for them to be able to tell their stories, not only to decision makers so that they can hear firsthand how this is affecting young people, but it's also Gianna's an ambassador to her peers as well, because we, we don't believe in finger wagging or being preachy. We want to equip young people with the facts so that they can make their, their, their own decisions. So I, that's why people like Gianna are so important to our effort. Again, joining us from the uh, Truth Initiative, our uh, Amy Taylor, Chief of Community Engagement and uh, Youth Board Liaison Gianna Darville. Uh, where do we get uh, more information about uh, all of this? You've got it uh, up on your website, a lot of resources on your website, right? Yes, you can go if you just want more information, you want to get involved, please go to truthinitiative.org. Ladies, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you for having us. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. You think that this country is the only one with political scandals? And we have more than our fair share, it seems. But we are not alone. A British lawmaker has been forced to resign after he was caught watching porn twice on his phone during uh, sessions of Parliament's House of Commons. (laughs) The uh, 65-year-old parliamentarian... Uh, Neil Parrish had come under pressure to step down from members of his own party. Uh, He'd been member of parliament since 2010, described what he did as a moment of, quote, madness. He said it was a moment of madness, but he did it twice, (laughs) not just once, twice. He claimed that he stumbled onto the adult site while searching for a tractor website that had a similar name. (laughs) Okay. Uh, But he was intrigued and watched the site for a bit of time. My biggest crime is that on another occasion, I went in a second time, and that was deliberate. At least he admitted that it was (laughs) deliberate the second time. Uh, Mr. Parrish insisted he was not trying to intimidate female members of the House of Commons, as he was accused, saying the only thing... I wasn't doing, and which I will take to my grave as being true, is that I was not actually making sure people could see it. In fact, I was trying to do quite the opposite. But. <laughs> it was caught on an adult website twice during sessions of Parliament in the House of Commons. Once, you can be forgiven. <laughs> but twice, okay. Elsewhere in the uh, broken news... Uh, you know how there are stories in the news uh, every now and then of uh, bears getting into uh, getting into cars. This is the time of the year for that. As bears wake up from their uh, hibernation, their long winter slumber, and they're hungry. And so they go searching for food wherever they can find it. And uh, there are stories of uh, bears uh, breaking into cars in places where there are large populations of bears. You know, the Smoky Mountains out west. They remind people, don't leave food in your cars because these bears are smart. They can get into the car. Well, wildlife officials in Colorado report that a bear broke into a vehicle, uh, not in pursuit of food, apparently, um, or maybe he was looking for food, but uh, they're attracted by all kinds of scents. The interior of the car absolutely destroyed by this curious bear. 
uh, last week. There was no food or trash or remnants of food or anything inside the car. Apparently, what the bear was uh, attracted to was the smell of lip gloss. There is a tube of lip gloss in the car, and its scent was enough to entice the bear to check it out, according to Colorado Parks and Wildlife. Isn't that amazing? That's, I mean, just a, a tube of lip gloss in the, uh, in the car. Officials remind people to lock their doors and remove anything with any kind of scent in order to keep out the bears. That's, man, try to explain that to your insurance company. <laughs> There was a bear that was after my lip gloss. That's what it was. That would be hard to explain, I think. Elsewhere, in the speaking of uh, animal stories in the broken news, you never know what could disrupt your day. The Beaufort Academy in South Carolina private school had to be put on temporary lockdown last week when an escaped bull was spotted trotting through the ste- streets of the city. The uh, school was put into lockdown when the <laughs> when somebody reported an animal was seen uh, wandering in the woods across the street from the school. Officials say the bull escaped from a pasture uh, in a uh, uh, local uh, nearby area. The Beaufort County Sheriff's Office says the deputies were able to secure the animal, were able to lasso it, and it was safely returned to its owner. The Beaufort Academy ended its lockdown by 10 a.m. You know, when you put in those uh, lockdown protocols, I'm not sure that that's what they necessarily anticipated. But thank goodness they had the protocol in place just in case we get a wayward bull wandering around town. Another animal story in the broken news. Passengers of a Horizon Airlines flight headed from San Diego to Everett, Washington, had to wait a few extra minutes on the runway for a most unusual reason. This past Thursday, the captain told air traffic control they couldn't take off because there was a pelican in their way. (laughs) Now, initially, they thought the bird might be injured because it was sitting in one spot in the middle of the runway, blocking air traffic. Uh, Airport uh, officials, though, say the pelican turned out not to be injured, just stubborn. (laughs) and the pelican was reluctant to leave Uh, airport staff finally shooed the bird away and the plane was able to take off a few minutes later and uh, arrive in uh, in washington fortunately the plane was able to make good time and arrive uh, on time because how would you like to explain why you were late for an important meeting or uh, you missed your connecting flight because there was a pelican on the runway (laughs) So all's well that ends well. And finally, in the uh, broken news this morning, this kind of, you know, the uh, story of Goldilocks and the three bears. This has nothing to do with that. It doesn't involve bears, but it's kind of a Goldilocks like moment for a Maryland couple when they returned from vacation and found their house had been ransacked and there were (laughs) two burglary suspects sleeping in their bed. They were they were still there. They were sleeping in their bed. Uh, police in Greenbelt, Maryland, say the couple's house had been emptied of all of its furnishings except the bed where the two suspects were found. Somehow they managed to get away before police arrived. Anyone with information 
is asked to contact Greenbelt Police. (laughs) This bed was just right, and he's sleeping in my bed. There you go. Uh, That is today's broken news report. (laughs) This update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. WFIN says thank you for listening. And remember, you can listen around the clock on computer, smartphone, or tablet. Start your day with Chris Oaks and good mornings. And stay with us all day long. You also get CBS Sports Radio plus all of our locally originated sports programming. Listen live whenever you like at 1330 WFIN, 95.5 FM, and at WFIN.com. Where you can also grab our free mobile apps for iOS or Android. Time now for your daily download, the numbers behind the news and the statistics that shape our lives. You know, tomorrow is uh, primary day, the first of what will be uh, two primary days for the state of Ohio now this year because of the whole mess with redistricting and all of that. You've heard that in the news. So uh, first primary day is tomorrow, which, of course, uh, builds toward the midterm elections in November. But already there are folks looking ahead to the next presidential election and, you know, who is going to throw their name into the hat? Um, Will President Biden run again? Will former President Trump run again? It is long been believed that would be extremely difficult with our political system for a third party candidate and independent to win a presidential election. But a new survey, interestingly, finds that 2024 might be the exception to the rule if it turns into a repeat of 2020 with Joe Biden and Donald Trump facing off. Uh, This is a Harris Poll survey uh, for Harvard University uh, released to the Hill earlier this week, uh, this past week, rather, uh, found that 58% of voters said that they would be open to supporting a moderate independent candidate If it were Biden versus Trump in 2024, 58% would at least be open to the idea. The survey also found a majority don't want either candidate to run again. 63% say they don't want Biden to run for a second term. 55% don't want Trump to run again. Uh, So again, interesting that uh, the do not run numbers are higher for Biden than Trump. Despite that, Uh, Joe Biden and Donald Trump do seem to be the top 2024 picks within their own party bases. But that may or may not be a wise strategy. Now, a lot can change between now and then, obviously. But for both parties, it could be a case of be careful what you ask for. Something to think about. Well, did you know May is National Pet Month? And to kick it off, Amazon has launched its first ever Pet Day event, featuring deals from top-rated pet-approved brands all day today. Amazon's Katie Larson is with us this morning. So this is kind of like a a prime day for our furry family members, basically. Hi, Chris. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. And yes, Today is Pet Day on Amazon, our very first event for pet owners and their furry friends. And it is like our prime day for pets, except 
today is open to all customers, not just Prime members. Aha. And uh, I'm told you have all kinds of goodies with different ways to celebrate our pets uh, during National Pet Month. Tell us more. We do. If you go to Amazon.com backslash pets dash deals, there you will find deals across electronics, pet care, dog houses, pet toys, everything for bunnies, rabbits, gerbils, pets, cats, horses, you name it, we have it. (laughs) Uh, No matter what kind of pet it may happen to be, have you got some uh, examples? Can you tell us how uh, folks can save for Amazon Pet Day today? Yes, a couple of the deals that I am eyeing today. One is the Bissell Hardwood Floor Cleaner. This is the ultimate robotic vacuum for pet owners. It cleans hardwood floors and it also vacuums rugs. So if your cat or dog has tracked in a mess or left paw prints or shed on your carpet, this cleaner will get both the hardwood and the carpet. It's 30% off today. So big savings for pet owners. And even if you don't have a pet, I feel like you'd want this in your life. Well, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, and Bissell's a company that's dedicated to reducing the number of animals in shelters. And today, in honor of Pet Day, they are donating $50,000 to Homeward Pet Adoption Center to help with that mission. That is awesome. So it is uh, about more than just, obviously, that example uh, demonstrates more than uh, just, you know, pet foods and pet toys and and things like that, although you have deals on that kind of stuff as well. Yes, we have great toys that are 15 to 25% off. One that's really popular with our customers is a flopping fish. You can charge it through a USB port. It's motion-activated. So when cats are nearby or playing with it, it flops around like a real fish. I can just see that uh, as uh, spawning uh, millions upon millions of YouTube videos. I can just see uh, that is going to be incredibly popular. Uh, and as you mentioned, uh, there is a, a charitable component to this as well, uh, allowing pet parents to give back. Yeah, so through our Amazon Smile program, you can sign up for any charity of your choice, including pet charities, animal shelters, you visit smile.amazon.com, select the charity that's near and dear to your heart, maybe something in your hometown or someplace you've donated or volunteered, and we will donate a portion of your purchase price on any products on Pet Day and every day of the year to that charity on your behalf. There's no fees. There's no cost to you. It's Amazon making a donation on your behalf, and you can check back in. You can see what's been donated to date for that charity, how much you've contributed to it. I love it because I use it on my mobile phone. I use it on desktop and I don't even have to think twice about giving back. Amazon just takes care of it for me every time I shop. That is awesome. Uh, And again, Pet Day is happening all day today. It's 24 hours of uh, great deals on pet stuff and pet related stuff. And as you were alluding to, this is for everyone, right? Not just Prime members, it's for everyone. Although we do have a couple deals just for Prime members. Today, Prime members on Prime Video can get 50% off popular animal movies, classics like Marley and Me, Homeward Bound, A Dog's Purpose, and newer movies like Sing and Madagascar, 
All of those are 50% off to rent or buy today on Pet Day. Well, that is perfect. So you get the the whole experience all the way around uh, today. Again, uh, Katie Larson with Amazon with us this morning for National Pet Month. Amazon launching its uh, first ever Pet Day event. And uh, where do we get uh, more information? You mentioned a couple of uh, spots that we'll want to check out. Chris, your listeners should go to Amazon.com backslash pet dash deals to find all the deals available today for pets and pet owners. And you mentioned the uh, uh, give back uh, component, the uh, special website there too. Let's mention that again. That is smile.amazon.com. Okay, so uh, check those out. Uh, We'll get a link up on our webpage as well. Katie Larson, thanks very much. Thanks so much. Have a great day, Chris, and have an awesome National Pet Month. And that will wrap up our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage. That, of course, goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program, the Hancock Leadership Class of 2022 is partnering with the Hancock County Cultural Humility and Health Equity Delegation to spread the message that you belong We'll learn more. So until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, going out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.